From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser, UJ Beat Writer with Ryan Dennis, sports editor of the Banner Herald, and it's a busy week, Ryan. I know uh, there's a former Georgia great running for the Senate. Yeah, who? Uh, we're we're non political here, so we're not going to really mention names <laughs> or parties and that kind of thing. Uh, LSU took a big step with its COVID protocols in uh, Georgia. The biggest story. You might have heard is gearing up for Clemson. Oh, I thought it was about the ice. Ice Ice Baby? I thought, we were, I thought that was the big story. No, we'll, we can talk about that later, maybe. All right, all right. A big story here, though. We have a special guest joining us today. It's former Georgia coach Mark Rick. He's going to be nice enough to drop by to talk Bulldogs and Tigers and talk about his new book that's coming out. And, Ryan, it's also week zero. Did you know that? For for college football? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they had an Australia game a couple years ago, I remember. Was it UCLA and maybe Cat? No, no, no. Maybe I know Cal played in it, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, who's playing this year in Week Zero? We got five games, um, five FBS games. It looks like Southern Utah at San Jose State. We're gonna make predictions on all these at the end of the show, right? Oh, we are. Uh, this week we're gonna skip that. <laughs> UTEP at New Mexico State, Hawaii at UCLA. Oh. UConn at Fresno State. UConn, I believe, took off the entire 2020 season because of COVID. Probably. They upped it out. And the big one, it's Nebraska at Illinois. That's a big one? That's Well, it's week zero. That's the best you can get now. I, I mean, that Hawaii-UCLA intrigues me. No? Hawaii with a couple former Georgia Bulldogs. You know who they are? A couple transfers uh, from the on walk- Hawaii? On the walk-ons, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, no. That's why you're the beat reporter. You come up with stuff like this. I got to Google it because I can't remember their names. One, <laughs> one is the former tight end, and another, I believe, is the DB. Uh, I wrote about it in my transfer story. Well, how about uh, former tight end uh, Ford at Illinois? Is he at it? Yep. Uh, all right. There's two guys in Illinois, by the way. Speaking of transfers, you have Luke Ford, mm-hmm. and you have former running back, defensive back, six-year guy, Prather Hudson. Wow. Yeah. Did uh, you not know he was there? I know. I didn't. That's a UGA legend, Prather Hudson? Is that... You know, you could classify whoever you would like. Um, all right. Hawaii's. I've, I pulled up the story. Tight end Colby Wyatt and uh, defensive back. I don't know, but I would presume that maybe they went there on scholarship. There's worse places you could land as a transfer, I would imagine. You know, I mean, if you're going to walk on... Oh, yeah, as a... Well, expenses, maybe? It's probably very expensive to live there. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you'd need a little bit of money to go out there. All right, I imagine we'll uh, we'll watch some of that. But let's, uh, let's talk closer to home about the current Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart said on Saturday after Georgia's scrimmage that the Bulldogs are over 90% vaccinated. Uh, not really a change due to... Uh, Due to the numbers that we heard, uh, I think, back in the beginning of the month, and the reason why is because several walk-ons uh, have joined the program and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know what their status might be vaccination-wise. So he was concerned because uh, classes are packed and there's no mass requirements on campus. So, uh, you know, you want to get these guys to the Clemson games early in September um, with uh, a full roster intact. You're already dealing with enough injuries. Yeah, um, you know, I... I- I know this has to be a frustrating time for for coaches all around and uh you know 
getting with the with the way that the classes are and i know that that's differing opinions on a lot of sides and a lot of fronts but you know when you have uh the rate at which we're seeing the the delta variant boost things up as far as uh cases and whatnot uh to have packed classrooms every single day and uh with you know with players required to go to these classes uh yeah it would be concerning to a coach that somebody not vaccinated could get it and you know then you get the dominoes falling and uh then you're without a couple players maybe for for a big game as we mentioned, LSU is going to require uh, those going to the games to be fully vaccinated if you're 12 and older uh, or produce, I guess, a uh, negative COVID test. Uh, Georgia, not looking uh, like it's headed in that direction. Uh, the Board of Regents has a lot of power on these decisions, and uh, there's no vaccine mandate on campus. There's no mask mandate on campus. And Sanford Stadium, the plan is uh, when the UAB game uh, rolls here on September 11th, will be... 92,000 plus uh, and no restrictions. I mean, things could change in the next uh, two and a half weeks, but that's the way it's looking right now. I've always wondered where the, I mean, where's the pressure coming from? Is there any pressure? You know, again, there's a lot of viewpoints on this. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, you know, my risk, whatever, coming to these games. But, um, you know, until somebody way up top, decides that uh, there needs to be a mandate or you know you need to show your card or whatever or until they limit capacity um you know i guess the the uh the thought of bringing in the the money they kind of lost last year and can make up for this year is uh is pretty enticing all right. Well, we'll stay away from the uh, the political discussion, right. even though, uh, you know, some people would say it's not really a political discussion. It's a health and safety discussion. Yeah. Um, let's talk instead about um, something different. Um, Ryan, I know you're, you're a big concert guy. Even before we started, Ryan was telling me he got an important alert about the, the <laughs> there's a Dave Matthews band concert tonight now. Now, now let me make a, a point here that, that there are many artists and, and stuff that I go see. Uh, so it's not, I'm not all Dave all the time, but... Uh, hey, Jason Isbell's playing the uh, Terrapin Terrap Brewery. And that reminds me that uh, my significant other, Emily, is supposed to be uh, getting us tickets. I need to text her right this minute and say, hey, have you... Right. Because I feel like it's going to sell out in a heartbeat. I mean, tickets, hey, are, tickets are already on sale, so I don't know. Another show we are going to, since uh, you asked, um, Bela Fleck and his wife, Abigail Washburn, coming to uh, UGA, and we're going to go see that. That'll be an exciting show. Back to your regularly scheduled well, program. I was just mentioned that, that uh, Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts passed away. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned this on the show. I got tickets to see the Stones in Mercedes-Benz, never seen them. Um, yeah, was know. there an announcement about that or anything? Like, are they... They were supposed to come back around. I, I mean, he were, they already announced that because he was in uh, declining health that he wasn't going to make okay. this tour. Okay. So, uh, you know, I don't think that that's changing. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, this happens a lot with these classic rock bands that have been around for a while. Uh, either, you know, unfortunately someone passes away or someone just leaves the band. Did you watch any of that NYC concert over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. It, uh, I don't even. I don't think it was Central Park. Somewhere in New York City. What was it? Springsteen? Well, it was supposed to be Springsteen and yeah. Paul Simon, and okay, yeah. and they did a, a couple hours of the show, and then the obviously the the hurricanes were hitting up there, so they had some right. storms, and they they had to cancel the whole thing. But there was a band on there uh, before it was canceled, which you know hadn't really listened to or thought much about recently, which would be Journey. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess Steve Perry's been out of that band for like yeah. 20 years. Um, They've had about four different, but they got a guy. No, the guy, the guy that's doing it now, I don't have his name. Yeah, and he, he's from the Philippines. Yeah, yeah he's I'm from the saying. Philippines. Yeah. I mean, he sounds pretty good, like, just like him. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was good. He was good. I mean, I, I'm not like going to turn on Journey these days, but it was on and I was like, well, that if you're going to sub a guy out because you have to, I mean, I guess it worked, right? Yeah. No. They, and then they find him as like a big audition where they had people submit you know videos right I, I don't know the history of that I mean, well uh getting back to the rolling stones i mean who had who had keith richards uh continuing on over uh other members of the band now what was the the band that kirby smart talked about a couple of years ago maybe with uh you know uh, ryan mcgee and um what's the other guy on that show yes uh, uh marty marty mcgee mm-hmm. um i can't remember now I think that that Saban went to a, a Rolling Stones concert at Georgia Tech a couple five years ago. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. All right. I don't. I don't remember who Kirby talked about. He seems like a country guy, though, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he did mention who did he drop uh, at um, SEC Media Days. Quavo. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you do you see uh, no. Do you see Kirby in the backyard grilling and uh, throwing the football with his boys and listening to Migos? Does Kirby grill? I don't even know. I bet he does. All right. I mean, hey, let me let me get in on uh, Saturday's uh, practice at last. Well, I mean, look, if I'm making seven million dollars, am I actually doing my own grilling or someone else doing it for me? I don't know. Oh, come on, man. He's not he's not sold out like that, is he? All right. George is getting healthier. Uh, Good news for the Bulldogs. As uh, we mentioned, the game's a week from Saturday. Jermaine Burton and Kyrus Jackson uh, were back scrimmaging on Saturday. Burton had a touchdown, I was told, on a pass. From by the way, this microphone sounds a little dead. Can you hear it very well? Yeah, here you go. That's good. Uh, from JT Daniels, John Fitzpatrick slowly coming back, and uh, from what do he have an ankle injury? And then, um, Cedric Van Prine Granger, mm-hmm. likely the starting center. Warren Erickson is now available in practice. Um, he is practicing with the club. Kirby said it's supposed to be coming off next week and maybe he'll get a chance then to to use that hand he's been using the right hand instead i mean i guess cedric van prong grange are probably going to be your starter against clemson i would guess were you as impressed at his press conference as i uh, saw a lot of people seem to be you know you get him for the first time i guess ever right uh and i, I think you talked to him on the phone and whatnot but you know he's just uh i did talk to him when he was uh, no out. nerve you know a lot of people have these nerves and every you know when they get up there but mm-hmm. i mean first time with the media Gets up there, kills an interview. Yeah, he was good. I mean, there's a there's a lot of guys. Was I surprised? I, I don't know if I was surprised. Was I? I was impressed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of guys that you know we usually get about the same dozen or so guys. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, there's guys that we haven't talked to if we didn't cover recruiting back then. Um, I'm sure there's other guys that really can knock it out of the park. So uh, bring yeah. them on, bring them on. But how much does this shake up the line? I mean, uh, you know, if if he goes in there and just is, is phenomenal in game one, I mean, you don't you don't just hand it back to Warren, do you? I mean, doesn't he kind of stay in there? Does do they find another spot for Warren if somebody else you know fails, or is he strictly all center all the time? I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Erickson has – didn't he start at guard? I, I mean, I think that's a possibility too. So you got a lot of options if you're Matt Luke. Um, also, Georgia, you know, doesn't have as many options on the back end at uh, at cornerback. Um, you know, you, you're without Tyke Smith uh, for the Clemson game, it seems, with his uh, foot injury. But at, at corner with, with Darian Kendrick, uh, the Clemson transfer, looking like he's going to win one of those spots. It's going to be interesting to see if it's going to be Amir Speed or Keely Ringo. Uh, Ringo, you know, 
I think he got most of the, the starting work uh, in the last scrimmage, but there's still, uh, you know, 10 days of practices to kind of figure that out. Yeah, and he's a guy. I mean, he's a dude. And, you know, he, he had to miss last year all season with injury. Five-star talent, you know. It's almost like you get a uh, – it's almost like you get a, a new recruiter or, or a transfer in to uh, to help you out there with Keeley. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Assuming that he's the guy. I, I mean, I get, like you said, it's still up in the air. But I think he's one of those that you target – as being a big-time uh, difference maker on your defense. All right, let's uh, take a break and then bring on Mark Rick to talk Georgia Clemson and about his uh, new book, and we'll see what other things we might cover. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, joining us now is former Georgia and Miami coach, of course, around here, known as Georgia coach and uh, now ACC Network analyst Mark Rick. And he's uh, now also an Athens resident, for some of the time, um, also with, still with the place in Destin. Mark, uh, great to have you with us, and we appreciate you joining us. I'm glad to be on the show. All right, uh, Mark, you, you were, uh, before I get into talking about, uh, you have a, a new book coming out, which we, we want to talk to you about and, and talk to Georgia Clemson. Um, you were gracious enough to, to take out some time to visit with myself and a couple other writers who, who covered you during your 15 years uh, with uh, the Bulldogs um, and uh, to talk about your recent diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners right. out there would like to uh, you know just hear from you how, you how you're doing these days. Right. Well, I'm doing really good. Um, I feel great. I just move slower <laughs> is the biggest thing right now. Um, you know, now I'm doing a really good job of taking care of myself as far as how I'm eating and exercise and stretching. And, you know, just doing a lot of things I should have been doing all along. But uh, I feel really good. Uh, like I said, I, you know, my biggest uh, symptom, I think, would be what they call bradykinesia. Brady means slow. Kinesia means movement. So I just move slower. And, uh, you know, I'm in stage one, so I can still pretty much do anything I've done in the past. It just takes me a little bit longer to do it. So mm-hmm. my goal is to stay in this stage one as long as possible. Are the, are the cheese balls out for good, Coach? No more of those? Yeah, they're they're out. They're out. I uh, <laughs> I mean, I I, re- I really have since the Parkinson. I've been really good. I mean, usually I'll cheat here and there, but there hasn't been much cheating going on lately. Um, so, since moving back to Athens, uh, how's that been? Why was Athens kind of a, I guess, a place that you you you, you and uh, Catherine really wanted to come back to? Right. Well, we've always loved Athens. We raised our children here. And, uh, you know, during the 15 years that I was here, my family started migrating to Athens. My my mom lives here. My dad lives here. My brother, his wife, and their children, my two sisters, their husbands and children all live here. Um, our son, his wife, Anna, you know, son John, his wife, Anna, and our two grandchildren live here. And our daughter lives here. So... Minus, you know, our son David and his wife, Joanna and Zach. I mean, everybody's here, so it made sense. 
Mark, we want to ask you about uh, this new book coming out. August 31st, I believe, is uh, the release date. Uh, Make the Call, Game Day Wisdom for Life's Defining Moments. Tell us a little bit about what kind of motivated you to, to write this book and uh, maybe uh, you know, just a little bit about um, sure. the process or, or you know, wh- what you want to share with us sure. about this. Well, I tried to write a book when I was head coach at Georgia, but it's just there's no time to do it. It was kind of foolish to even try to squeeze one in in the off season. But um, so I got a little bit into that one and realized that I just did not have the time to give it to, to just do what I thought it deserved. So I didn't do it. And then um, after I retired from coaching, uh, leaving Miami my literary agent came to me and said, hey, do you want to write a book? Do you want to write this book now? And I'm like, well, maybe so. I don't know. Well, just maybe a, a month or two later, I had the heart attack that I had. Hmm. And uh, I'm thinking, well, after I survived that thing, if I'm going to write a book, I better hurry up and do it. Hmm. So uh, that was part of the motivation. But the book is about, it's kind of a play on words, make the call. Um, you know, as a play car you make a call every 40 seconds as a head coach. You make all kind of calls throughout the game and in recruiting and discipline and things like that. So you're constantly making calls and making decisions. And uh, this book is about a lot of decisions that I made, uh, you know, good and bad, football decisions, family decisions, faith decisions. And uh, so there's a lot of behind the scenes on, on some great, some of the greatest moments uh, as far as a coach is concerned, and some of them not so great. But, um, you know, it, it's one that I think that the reader will enjoy, and uh, and also there'll be an opportunity for the reader to make a call of their own here at the end of the book. Well, you, you mentioned uh, all your family a little while ago, and, of course, uh, Brad Johnson, uh, you know, here with his TikTok right. videos. A couple things. Have you watched those, and are you impressed? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen him, and it is impressive. I mean, he, that's, TikTok was invented for Brad Johnson is the way I look at it. He, uh, he just loves doing that kind of stuff, and he certainly has more time on his hands than he probably needs, but he heard 18 years in the NFL, or however many it was, uh, and he did well with his money, you know. He did a good job, and so uh, it's fun to watch him. I mean, he's obviously a really outstanding husband and father as well, and uh, his boys are pretty special. I was going to ask about, you know, Max and, and Jake, of course, uh, local high school. Well, I guess Max is yeah. at LSU, but do you ever get a chance to go out and see Jake nowadays at uh, Oconee County play? Yeah, so I saw I saw Coney play North Oconee just this past weekend. It was it was a whale of a game, actually. I think it was something like thirty thirty five twenty eight. You know, I think North Oconee gave them a lot more than they were expected, and uh, you know, Coney you know made some plays, and Jake being one of them, he had there was a certain interception uh, about to happen. He kind of went over the top of a guy and raked it out and made a superb catch to kind of keep the momentum going. But uh, it was fun to it was fun just to go to a game and be able to cheer for family and be around a lot of friends, too. 
Mark, getting back to the book, you mentioned good and bad decisions, uh, you know, throughout your career and off the field. Uh, as it relates to Georgia football, can you kind of talk about some that maybe you wrote about in the book or, or maybe that are just off the top of your head um, that, that stand out? Uh, obviously, won a lot of games at Georgia, so plenty, right. of, plenty of good decisions, sure. uh, but maybe, uh, you know, some that, that you uh, uh, regretted, uh, you know, after making them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's always going to happen. I mean, every every time you call a game, there's going to be some that you liked and some you didn't like, but uh, some are more significant than others. Well, I want everybody to read the book, first of all, so I don't want to give away too oh, yeah. many of them. <laughs> but uh, there's certainly some, uh, you know, the hobnail boot, you know, that you definitely got to talk about that one behind the scenes. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've done a lot of speaking uh, across the southeast and actually – spoke in Gainesville, um, Florida, of all places. <laughs> you know, the first thing they want to talk about is whenever he ran on the field and, and uh, we got that penalty for yeah. excessive celebration. But, right. you know, just some of the groundwork behind that, how that happened, why that happened is in there. But uh, just a lot of uh, lot of fun times and a, a lot of times that uh, weren't all that much fun. I was at that game, Mark, as a uh, student, going uh, going going as wild as the players were all in the end zone there. <laughs> um, but I was going. Everybody left this. Everybody, I was going to say everybody left the sideline except for Dan L. Ellerby, I think. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing next to me? He said, Coach, I'm so deep in the doghouse. I'm, I'm not uh, anyway, that's, uh, well, that's great. So obviously, you know, a lot of uh, Georgia fans uh, appreciate you for the impact you had on the on the program. Well, you know, some of the things like the PO network that you started and and stuff like that. And sure. you know, when 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 players call you nowadays, or you know, you you run right. into somebody, is that what the your lasting legacy you feel like is at Georgia? Just the impact you made on everybody. I hope so. You know, I, I think. When I go on to heaven, I think God's not going to ask me how many championships that I win. He's going to ask me, what did you do with the young men that I put under your authority? And uh, I think think God will be pleased with what I tried to do anyway. You know, I think Coach Byron, we all know, just passed away, and I learned so much from him on how to, how to treat people, how to treat players, you know, how to get your priorities in order. And, um, you know, I, I think it is important that, you know, we help these young men go from boyhood to manhood. It's, you know, from 18 to 22 years old, there's a lot of growth that can happen there. And even, uh, you know, while at Miami, I coached Michael Irvin's son, who was Michael as well. And uh, he had gotten in a little bit of trouble here and there. Nothing big, just missing class or sleeping in a class or whatever it was, just stuff that freshmen do. And uh, I was getting in the middle. I was getting ready to take some playing time away from him. And I was talking to his dad, Michael, Irvin, the great receiver from, you know, Miami Hurricanes and Dallas Cowboys. But he said, hey, coach, he said, squeeze the boy until a man comes out. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of what happens in college. You, you, you kind of squeeze these guys a little bit. Get him out of that boyhood stage and the manhood stage, and uh, if you did that, you did a big part of your job. 
Mark, I think I remember you uh, tweeting out maybe uh, a photo um, around graduation time. I, I guess you went to Sanford Stadium maybe to, to see, it was, I don't know if it was a former player or who it might have been. I don't know if you recollect what I'm talking about. But uh, I was curious, right. just uh, now that you're back in Athens a lot more, um, you know, going to some places that, that uh, you know, you have memories of and um, and seeing that the, how, right. the, how, the, how the facilities have changed a lot since you were the coach, you know. Um, have you ever thought, right. well, I, geez, I wish I, wish I had that building when I was here, or, or have you just moved past all that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think about all those things. I think it's great uh, what's going on over there. There's, I did get a chance to go see some of the new facilities, and uh, I guess there's more on the way too. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's some things that were certainly needed, and uh, certain things that uh, will set Georgia apart from just about anybody when it comes to facilities, which is great. But uh, you know, getting back to the players, it's it's fun to you know run into those guys and uh, hear from them and and see you know the success they've had in their lives and and want to share it. So it's it's good stuff. Well, since these seasons kicks off next Saturday for Georgia against Clemson, you went up against them uh, four times, I believe, as a Georgia coach, and uh, pretty successful. Won three out of four. Um, you know, with a game so close, uh, you know, Clemson to Georgia, just down the road, uh, is, it, is it a game that should be played more often? I know Georgia has lined up some games in the past, but but what do you remember about that rivalry when you were coaching in it? Yeah, it's a big deal, and like you say, it's just, you don't think about it much because you're in two different conferences, but you're really just down the street from each other. And uh, there is some wonderful tradition in the game, uh, and I think if there was a, a team, you know, out of conference that you played year after year, they, that'd be a great one to play. I mean, I know Georgia Georgia Tech is something that's always going to happen, but if you were to add another one, you know, who would be next in line? I think it would be Georgia Clemson. So uh, I, I think, of course, this game uh, is going to be a monster. Uh, it, it may be the very best game of the year, um, not counting, you know, if you, if you talk about the regular season, it could be the very best evenly matched game of the year against two of the top teams in America. So, uh, you know, two great quarterback prospects, both defensive lines are uh, very, very physical. Offensive lines are, you know, a little bit suspect, not not necessarily a big worry, but, you know, how will they match up against the D-line when they're going to go against? A lot of skill, of course. Uh, just, you know, both schools have had top five recruiting for the last at least five years and, and even more, even longer. So everybody on that roster is four- and five-star kind of kids. All right, Mark, I want to give you a chance to, to plug your book one more time before we let you go. Um, the uh, where, where can folks find the book? Um, you know, uh, Is there a website in particular that you want to tell us about? Well, there is a website called uh, Make the Call Book, all one word, makethecallbook.com. Mm-hmm. But uh, the book can be bought really anywhere. Books are sold. I know it's easy to pre-order them. Uh, and then... Uh, August 31st is the launch, so they'll be, you know, in everybody's hands here pretty quick. So uh, it's a book that, I mean, if you love football, if you love football, especially in the South, uh, you'll enjoy it. I mean, if you're 
a Georgia fan. There's a bunch of Georgia stuff for sure, a bunch of Florida State stuff, a bunch of Miami stuff. But, you know, all the teams that were played along the way, too. So everybody will be able to relate to it, and uh, it'll be um, a lot of fun, I think, for, you know, people of all ages, too, and, and uh, men and women both, I think, would really enjoy it. All right, Coach, we uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, joining us, and uh, we will see you and talk to you uh, down the road soon, uh, hopefully. Thank you, sir. All right, no problem. I enjoyed it. All right, we thank uh, Georgia, former Georgia coach Mark Rick for joining us. And, Ryan, you mentioned at the top of the show um, this very important news that, that you thought was uh, groundbreaking about the ice at Sanford Stadium. Um, look, I know that this uh, Josh Brooks tweeted this out, uh, that Zaxby's ice is coming to Sanford Stadium. Not not Zaxby. Do they serve Zaxby? They serve chicken. I know. I was thinking, like, yeah. can I get my ice with a side of uh, kicking chicken sandwich or something? Yeah. So I mean, we are in the press box. So I'm not I'm not going to Georgia football games as a fan. I mean, I'm 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 there in the games. I'm not eating at concession stands, right? We got our own food in there. That very very uh, good little situation we got. Yeah. Well, my question is, uh, have you heard about this? Is this a big deal that this ice that they were serving just didn't taste good? It, well, it ruined the drinks or whatever? Here's the thing. I think it was a, a thin ice, you know, uh, and and kind of a square thin ice that would melt pretty quickly in your drink. Mm-hmm. And so your, your refreshing Coca-Cola would turn into mm-hmm. watered-down Coca-Cola pretty quickly. So maybe uh, with this new ice, it'll pack more of a a uh, cold holding punch Mm -hmm. and uh you know and i think people like the crunch of that type of ice now i saw some people uh you know and and i've heard this in the past that sonic ice is where it's at and you can buy you know bags of sonic ice for like 2.99 i've seen at sonic so uh i'm interested one in why sonic and two how JT Daniel talked to Brooks to get <laughs> Zaxby's to sponsor the ice. Wow, he, he did some fast work. <laughs> um, look, I hadn't really eaten that much at Zaxby's recently, so but I do I do remember the ice there. That it, I do think I like that kind of thing. Where yeah, yeah, it's that it's that kind of a. Uh, but I, I mean, that's not an ex- cylindrical. That's, uh, that, that, that's not like an exclusive Zaxby's thing. I mean, the other other you know restaurants have that kind of thing, don't they? Is it is it just? Yeah, them? I mean, I think like I said, them and Sonic are that seems to be yeah. the two ices that people. Uh, really like Look, but I mean how do you ship I mean are they just are they going to bring in a ton of bags of ice and just sit them there does it is there a machine that produces Zaxby's ice Ryan you're really getting into the details that I'm just not privy to I think this is a feature that needs to be run I look, for, I look forward <laughs> to reading your story on that um like I can say this uh, you know I've been to like some women's basketball games with the family or something mm-hmm. and soccer uh, yeah, but yeah. My point is, I can say this about the concession food at Georgia at some of these women's basketball games I've been to. I haven't been blown away. I mean, when you go to like Mercedes Benz or you know Major League Baseball stadiums, I mean, you have a lot more options. And truthfully, you know, I thought it was like overpriced pretzels and that kind of stuff. I mean, I wasn't blown away, but you know, they are cutting those prices, so that's good. I think every every uh, especially here at Georgia, they need to adopt the Mercedes Benz two dollar hot dog. Well, it's two fifty now. That's they have at Mercedes Benz. No, at Sanford now. Oh, is that what it is? Hey, you can read my ice story that I wrote today. <laughs> I put that in there. Josh Brooks uh, announced this at the athletic board meeting in in late May. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that's not terrible. 
All right. Speaking of you, you mentioned that Zaxby's partnership uh, with JT Daniels. Um, let's make a mention of that Georgia gymnast Rachel Bauman is now a Braves athlete. I think that might have been the term. So is this an influencer? She yes, she has like eight thousand followers on Instagram. Okay. And her and the Georgia Tech backup quarterbacks, it might be Jordan Yates, his name. Yep. Uh, they're going to be. I talked to Rachel on the phone. Uh, let's see. This when did this come out? Uh, uh, Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. She said that she's going to be at the Braves game on Saturday. I guess they're playing the Giants, maybe. And she will be uh, like getting VIP treatment, and then she'll do like an Instagram story and um, with an with a Braves code to get discount tickets on Friday Saturday night games. Um, so, okay. and then she'll get a cut of how much tickets get sold through that link. Huh. Um, she's also getting a $500 stipend and some free merchandise. Is that enough money? Should they be paying her more than $500? This is the Atlanta Braves. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, it's still kind of, uh, it's, it's odd. It's unique. I mean, I mean, if the payoff is that she gets payoff through that link, then it'll be more than five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's the deal they made, right? So, you know, hey, if we, I mean, if, I was if to, we make a uh, hundred thousand dollars through mean, this link, we'll give you. I mean, it's, uh, it's the Braves. I mean, the, couldn't she have said, "Hey, I'll do it. Let's do it for fifteen hundred. I mean, go on, the Braves are going to step up to the table, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The whole the whole thing's a little little odd. If you ask me, that type of nil deal. I don't know. Why, well, I why, mean, I mean, why? It's, it's, Why athletes? Wait, wait, it's not just you know how many tickets she sells through her social media. It's look, we, I wrote a story about it. Other people uh, mentioned it. So how many mentions are the Braves getting? It's in people's heads that yeah. they'll, oh, let's go, let's go to a Braves game. You know? Yeah. I, I just I'm trying to figure out the connection between why why it needed to be an NIL type deal. Are they just trying to help out student athletes? Oh, that too. Uh, you know, why not pick, uh, I don't know, a bigger name in Atlanta to be your representative on that? Anyway. All right. Well, if you there. want to know more details about that, check out the story I wrote about her. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, this was uh, under the radar. I, I didn't even notice it for a couple hours yesterday until uh, it, it uh, popped up on one of my feeds. Uh, all SEC coaches came out preseason. And you know what? It's kind of late. I mean, the, get, the season's like around the corner. Come on, coaches, get this done earlier. And even if it's not the like, co- uh, even if it's not the coaches, yeah. SIDs get it done earlier. I don't know who votes on that, but eleven Georgia co- uh, players made the list. Ryan, tell me what they got wrong. Okay, here we go. All right, you got Jordan Davis and Jake Kamara, first team. Mm-hmm. Second team, JT Daniels, Amir White, mm-hmm. George Pickens, Jamari Sawyer, and obviously Pickens shouldn't be on any team because he's not going to be playing until you know November, maybe right. Or not, yeah. Or not playing. Or at all, yeah. Third team, Jermaine Burton, Trayvon Walker, N'Kobe Dean, Louis Cine, and Kyrus Jackson as a returner. Um, what, do you, what do you disagree with? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, is the uh, – who, who's the uh, quarterback? Is it Mississippi State? No, that would be Ole Miss. Ole Miss, thank you. I mean, is he still the first team? Uh, yeah, he was. QB. Well, uh, yeah, Corral. Um I you know I there seems to be a coin flip between him and JT now I've seen a lot of things that have JT you know as a potential high NFL draft pick and uh, you know the third best quarterback in the I don't think JT country I don't and, think JT was even on Todd McShay's top fifty list Oh, really yeah well I mean I you know you'd think that there'd be another uh, couple of Georgia players maybe on the first team because. What does Alabama have? Probably five or six first team I don't know. Uh, guys. So, um, you know, I, you know, where does the Nakobe Dean come into all that? You know, that's the 
type of deal. So, all right. Uh, before we go, just want to say we want to apologize to Kevin Kisner. We apparently ruined it for him because <laughs> we, he he was gracious enough to join us last week, and then he did not have his best uh, couple rounds at that tournament in uh, right near New York City. Um, I, I know he. I guess he's playing this week near Baltimore, so hopefully he'll do better. And I, I hope he still comes back on the podcast when we invite him next time. But Ryan, I know you tweeted about this. Grayson Sig won on the. Uh, what is it? The Corn, Corn Ferry? Tour, yeah. And he was treating the trophy from this event like it was a Stanley Cup. He had some beer in there. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun I mean, little you, pick. You can't do that when you win a college event, can you? Uh, you know, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, I, if you're 21 or over, can you? I don't know. I doubt that uh, that would be allowed. But, yeah, congrats to Grayson. And, uh, again, yeah, sorry to, uh, to Kevin, though. As we learned last week, that this week's tournament is at the same place that UGA won the 05 national championship so maybe kevin will uh will find some luck there all right everyone uh, we will talk to you next week as uh, it's a big game week georgia clemson and uh, looking forward to that i'll speak to y'all later